But I I was young enough that there's no way my parents would have let me see this. Although they let me read Silence of the Lambs in fourth grade. And nice. I, I'm just I am telling you. Great book. You, <laughs> Great book. Thomas Harris. Yeah. <laughs> no! Hello, friends. Welcome to our program. Which is the scary movie. I'm doing Christopher Walken, the scary movie project here. It's live. Um, and we're glad you're here. You have you again. On today's episode, we will avenge anyone's death as, well, we're talking about a movie that, you know what? All right. Just, it's not a horror film. Okay. It's just not. I'm just going to say it, whatever. I'm going to be honest about it. But I don't really care because it's my show and I want to talk about it because I want to talk about The Crow on this program forever. Right. So today, we're talking about The Crow. There are elements of horror, right? There's scary stuff. It's moody. It's dramatic. Um, but that's okay because you guys are going to love it, and we're going to talk about it. And my friend Sarah Alpin is here with us again today, and she's excited to talk about The Crow too, right? Aren't you? Very, very excited. I am very, very excited. <laughs> okay, <good. laughs> um, Yes, I, I love this film, right? Um, this was – well, it's – it's it's a very famous film for a lot of reasons, right? Unfortunately, for one bad reason, I guess, because Brandon Lee, of course, died during the filming of this movie, right? But I think it's great. Um, it's it's kind of this, I don't know, generational film in a way, maybe I want to say, because um, I was of the age. I'm not going to date myself here of when it came out, um, but it was like, oh man, I wanted to see it so badly, right? It was um, very very dark right very kind of tim burton in a way too we can touch on it in a minute but you know quickly right so it's devil's night in detroit right which if anyone doesn't know devil's night used to be you know, it's the night before halloween and it's it, it's here's, here's your history of halloween part two for you right so in a lot of places it's called like gate night or a cabbage night it used to be called like right the night before halloween was night to do pranks and like soap windows and things like that and Devil's Night is in Detroit, and there was they used, to, they used to start fires all over the city, and it used to be just really, really bad. It, I, don't, I don't think it's it's much of a thing anymore. But this takes place in Detroit on Devil's Night, and a couple, um, this gang breaks into their house. They say they had you know warrant to you know for eviction notice. They didn't pay. They rape this woman. They kill this woman, and they kill her boyfriend too. It's pretty brutal, and they toss him out a window, right? And you know, fast forward, you know, a year later. Um, we see, well, actually before that even happens, we see this young girl out on the street with Ernie Hudson, who's in the film, of course, from Ghostbusters. And he's, he's a cop and, you know, he's saying, oh, she'll be fine. And of course the girl says, no, she's not going to be fine. Whatever. You're lying to me. And we find out later that she's kind of like, he thinks this girl, Sarah is her, is this woman, Shelly's sister, but it's, she's just like her, her friend, I guess. She's like, how, how old would Shelly be? Would we ever find out how old they would be? Eric and Shelly, they must be in their twenties, right? Yeah. They were like. I would, I'm going to guess 23, 24. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, and the girl Sarah's probably like 13 or 14. Right. So they both die. And a year later, a crow comes back to the gravesite and boom, brings back Eric, Eric Draven, who is um, the man that was killed. Right. And he comes back and he's going to avenge all the deaths of everyone that killed himself and his girlfriend. And it's this gang that runs through um, Detroit and it's run by this one guy named top dollar. Who's who's kind of their I don't know their capo I guess you want to say right, and I remember this guy the actor he is from, um, I remember him as the sheriff of Nottingham from um, Robin Hood right. That's where yeah. he's from. <laughs> uh -huh. 
I don't remember the actor's name, but that's what I, he's been in stuff, of course, but that's what I remember him from. Do you remember? Yes. I love that movie with Kevin Costner. Yes. Yep. He was a sheriff I'm of Nottingham. red that I didn't no. realize. No, 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 no. No, my God. No. What am I saying? He's not the sheriff of Nottingham. No. Um, what's his face? He's the sheriff of Nottingham um, from Die Hard. He just died a couple of years ago. God, what the heck? See, I'm messing up my movies now. This is terrible. Um, Wait. Not no. And the, 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 the sheriff of Nottingham from Robin Hood is, oh, God, we got to look this up now. Oh, no. It's Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman <laughs> plays the sheriff of Nottingham. But this guy is like his the, the right-hand man, the sheriff's right-hand man or whatever. That's who this guy plays. Who plays top dollar? All right, we just confused the audience. Is now turn the show off. Sorry. <laughs> um, bye. Yeah, bye. He's top dollar. Anyway, go back to the crow, and he runs Detroit. Um, Tony Todd, horror fans love, is like um, top dollar's right hand man, which is pretty cool. And he's got what's her name, Bai Ling, who plays like his girl, right? Who says it's his sister, which is bizarre. Whatever, I don't know what that means. Super but, creepy yeah, dynamic there. Yeah, we get to that. So his his boys, his henchmen. Fun boy, Tintin, and all the other dudes. He comes back. Eric comes back and kills them all, right? So he comes back, and slowly he starts to learn things like about what happened. And he has these powers. The crow, basically, as anyone wants to know, the crow is his telepathic link, right? The crow brings him back. It brings him to this world. It helps him. It guides him. It moves him through. So after he goes back to his apartment, and he, he has to relive that horrible night again, which, by the way, I love how the police tape is up still a year later. I mean, it is Detroit. It's kind of a crap. To, you know, it's a dog. And it they was probably, an evicted. <laughs> they probably never did anything with it anyway. So he comes back and he has to recast the cool white, you know, the white face paint, which is awesome. And um, he comes back and he goes and he kills, um, I guess, Tintin first, right? The guy with the knives. And mm -hmm. I love when he's attacking him and he sees my two friends, they don't miss. And he tells him, try, try again, try harder. And he keeps catching the knives and he slices them up. And then he makes that outline of the crow up on top of the building, right? So he kills, he gets rid of him first. Then he goes to the pawn shop because uh, they took her ring. And yeah. that sleaze ball that runs the pawn shop, he goes in there and he finds the ring and he sets the place on fire. But he doesn't kill the dude because he wants him, I guess, to spread the word or whatever. Um, who does he kill next? Who was the next one he kills? Uh, well, he oh. puts all the rings except for her engagement ring into the gun and then mm -hmm. shoots and with all him. the rings. Which well, I is... love the part where he walks out and he said, and he goes, do I smell gasoline? <laughs> and the owner's like, oh, crap. <laughs> and he just blasts it and blows the whole place up. Yeah, that was awesome. I love it. Um, the, the the action and explosion stuff is, is, is pretty good in this film. Um, I think I heard a word for it. It was a, a gothic superhero film is the word on the words I think I heard for it. I could see which that. I don't know that I've ever heard that before. Um, oh, I think he kills Fun Boy next. So they go to the bar. Yeah. And that's when they're taking shots. They're taking bullets. They're actually putting bullets in their shot glass and taking a shot of it. I don't think I would do that. And I also don't encourage anyone listening to do that either because you could probably die from doing that. Seems um, like a good way to get things that aren't supposed to be in your body in your body. Yeah. You know, I don't, I, I don't think it's a good idea. So him, fun boy, and um, that girl Sarah's mother, she's a total drug addict. And she works at the bar. And they go upstairs and they're shooting up or whatever. And Eric comes in, um, of course, and the guy shoots him at point blank, and he just realizes, you know, you can shoot me all you want because your bullets don't do anything to me. And he heals, and the guy's like, what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> so then he, fills, he takes like, a, what, 20 syringes of morphine and kills him with his own, like, stash, basically. And he finds the mother and tells her, you know, 
what he said some line to her mother mom is the word on the lips of, of children everywhere or something like that and basically telling her go be a mother to your child like get, stop doing this to yourself so he's kind of like trying to be this like vigilante and like role model at the same time kind of thing yeah um which, which is <laughs> which is kind of interesting up. right so he kills those two and then i think next is then he goes after uh what is he going oh well before this he's also seeing the police officer ernie hudson's character who he's kind of having this weird relationship with because ernie hudson's like dude i saw you die i saw your girlfriend die what's up and he goes into his house and like visits with him and tells him all this stuff and explains like i don't know what i am but i'm here to do these things and you know i'm invincible basically and there's one scene i love where the first time he kind of sees him is after he blows up the gun store and he's walking down the street and ernie hudson's character says you know don't move he says he says you're dead if you make one more move and he says and i say i'm dead and I move <laughs> and he has these little lines throughout the film that I think are just kind of funny like that. These great lines. And as the movie kind of moves along also, he, you know, Sarah is always like missing them and wondering where they are. And, and she's always riding around on her skateboard. And that one scene where he, he grabs her, Eric pulls her out of the street before she gets hit by a car on her skateboard. Yeah. And she's like, you know, whatever this sucks. All it does is rain all the damn time. And he goes, can't rain all the time. And she goes, Eric? And she turns and looks, but he's gone. And she finds out because that was one of like the lines of his of his song he and his band had or something like that. So she kind of realized maybe he's back. And then she finally does see him. She's mad at him because she keeps saying, Why won't you show yourself? You know, come back and see me. And he finally does come to see her, but he says, you know, I, I can't like be friends with you anymore or whatever, because I'm, I'm dead. Like I'm here to do this mission. I'm here to like, you know, finish this job. Um, then he basically goes off. I think he kills um oh, what's the guy's name? I can't remember the dude's name with the car, but he um, – he uh, what's the guy's name? I don't remember. The dude driving the car, and he finds him by that wharf or whatever, and he tapes him to the car. And the guy's sitting there telling him, you know, there ain't no – I saw you die, man. There ain't no coming back, man. There ain't no coming back. <laughs> and he just basically tapes him to the car and puts his foot to the gas and drives him off the wharf, and the car explodes like a bunch of dynamite. And there's that one dude left who's like a total like junkie. And that's when he shows up at Top Dollar's place and he's like, oh, this guy's going crazy. He killed my buddy. And, then, and, he's all crazy. Um, and they basically, I think they end up killing him. So all the dudes are dead. But of course, he's got to go after Top Dollar, right? He's got to go find this dude. So by Ling, who's again, the, yeah. So the sis, was he serious when he says that's his sister? Because he's making, he's honestly, nailing. I yeah i mean it was i don't know there if i was, got that part i i right? that is not in my trivia and honestly i tried to look it up because it was like so it just like grossed me out as someone that has you know a brother it like really grossed me out you probably also had like a very similar reaction <laughs> it was very like I, it had to have been like a joke, but then I realized like, okay, I don't know if it is a joke or not, but I don't know. I, it didn't seem like a joke. It like, and it kind of goes with his, like, I'm a horrible person persona. Well, he is. And he sleeps with a bunch of women. Cause he had some other naked woman in the bed that one scene anyway. So it's like, okay, you clearly nothing bothers you. So if it is your sister, you obviously don't care. Yeah. It, it's really disturbing though. Very. <laughs> She's like really sexualized and just yeah. very like, yeah. And then somehow she knows how to defeat the crow. Ah, which is where we get to that scene because, yeah, they realize what they got to do with him. Um, and Top Dollar's spot is pretty badass, right? Doesn't it? He's up in that loft up in Detroit where he's got like all those weapons behind that deal in that big room. So then that cool scene 
where Eric Draven, he just busts up in the room and they're having this. He's um, it's devil's night a year later. And he's having a meeting with all, you know, the crime dudes, all the mafiosos that are in town. Basically he runs the town and he's saying, don't make little fires. Just make this what's like this one giant fire and burn this place down. Right. And then Eric just shows up. Does that scene remind you of any other scene from a movie, by the way, I'm, I might be being so random here, but. Okay, I when, have when Eric, I, this Eric shows scene up. has been referenced in so many things that I could I because I had the same thought I was like where is the original one of the because I was going through like so this to me is the original because the scene I'm thinking of copied this so I'm thinking Dark Knight when Joker walks in for the first time there are so many references do you know that Heath no. Ledger's makeup. That's... Yeah. was done intentionally yeah. like Eric Draven. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. That was something to me. The first time I saw Dark Knight, um, and when Joker walked in, I thought, oh, my God, this is the scene from The Crow. This is yeah. it. Yeah. This is it. So that's so cool, I think, to me, that inspired that. Because, yeah, he walks in, and they just have this sh- – and he hops on the table and sits down, and he just starts talking to him and tells him, you know. And they just go on this – and it's like a, almost like a Matrix, like a pre-Matrix scene almost in a way, kind of. And they're just shooting each other up. That is an awesome, awesome action scene. I love that scene. Um, and then, of course, after that, they end up – and then this scene that go later reminds me of the end of Tim Burton's Batman. Remember when they're in the church at the end of Batman? Yes. I had yes. that same thought too. Uh-huh. They walk in the church, and that's when his uh, – I can't remember Byling. I can't remember her character's name in this film. I don't remember her name, unfortunately. But she says she knows that the crow's power is what has Eric's power. Get rid of the crow, get rid of it. So they get the bird and they shoot the bird and they wound the bird. And you see when he gets shot, he realizes he's mortal, right? Not mortal, he's still not alive, but he's not like super powerful anymore. And there's that one scene which I don't really like, which kind of breaks a wall in a way when he sees Ernie Hudson character again and he tells him, you know, oh, I guess I'm mortal now because I'm it's like this weird moment of like saying like I'm not mythic anymore, and it just kind of seemed real and it kind of messed up the the, the scene. I don't that's the one scene I didn't like very much. But yeah, they go to the top of that joint, and um, they he finally kills her, and 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 um, and Tony Todd's character, I think, right? How did oh, he get shot? By I think um, who kills Tony Todd's character? I don't even remember how that how he died. But then there's the showdown. Of course, they're up on the roof, and it's raining, and you know he's got him in top. You think it's over in top dollar sign? You remind me of you know my dad used to tell me this line and blah 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 and all this stuff, and then he tells him, oh, there's something that what I want to give you though, and he just takes all that energy and that 30 hours of pain that his girlfriend went through and just grabs him by the head and channels it to him and gives it to him. And in this like 10 seconds, he just transfers all this stuff to him and it just wipes him out and he falls off the roof and falls right onto that like spire, that gargoyle spire. Yeah. And that's the end of him. That was awesome. And of course the cops show up and um, Sarah shows and everybody comes and you see Eric finally at the end leave and he crawls back to the cemetery and you know, his, his job is done and the deed is done. Right. And that's it. Um, and I think is the nine inch nail song play at the end. So that's one part I want to get into too is so the movie I think is great. Right. I think there's just so to me, it's this, um, it's like a snapshot in time movie. It, it, it really is 1994, right? It's, it's an MTV era movie. And, that soundtrack is one of my favorite soundtracks. I literally sometimes, if I'm at home and I'm writing something or I'm working on something or I'm doing whatever, cleaning my house, I will go to YouTube and just 
play the crow soundtrack and i will play it the entire hour or so and i love it it starts with that song from the cure and mm -hmm. it's pantera and it's my life with the thrill kill cult and it's nine inch nails and it's every band i love and every band that was at the top of their game and of course that song that you hear from stone temple pilots plush or not plush maybe that's the song that's from this movie like that's the song that got played in repeat in the 90s nonstop, and it's from the crow so yeah. that to me like that's it there was the snapshot of 1994 it was that generation it was that you know just th that way that was um and that to me was so great and I, and I found something so interesting i've seen it maybe a dozen times now right and i was just looking at it the other day and i was wondering that, that girl sarah that played her um so i was of the age and you, if you were a guy you probably had a little crush on her at the time probably right and I remember looking her up. She, she's one of these women who she never really became an actress, though. She got big in that kind of like Newt. Remember Newt from Aliens, the little mm -hmm. girl from Aliens? She never really did anything, though, after that. But she got big from that. So I looked her up and I, I wonder how old she was at the time. <laughs> I'm not going to date myself here again. She is literally born like 10 days after I was. <laughs> really? Yes. The exact same age. So wow. I thought that was, I, I, I yeah, I, I thought that was pretty crazy. I thought, wow, okay, that pretty right on. So interesting, <laughs> interesting stuff. Um, so yeah, like a great snap for that generation, right? That was just exactly it. Um, you know, I, I love the scenery and it reminds, it reminds me a lot of Batman. Now, yeah, I, mentioned, it does. I mentioned two Batman movies, but it reminds me of Tim Burton's Michael Keaton, 1989 Batman. It's dark. It's never, the sun is never out. It's always cloudy. It's always rainy. It's always stormy. We live in this, you know, I'm sorry, Detroit. We live in Detroit. It ain't the greatest city in the world, all right? And on Devil's Night, that's what happens. And it's always, you know, crime-ridden and it's dirty and it's dingy and it's gross. And I, I love it, right? But it's so great. Like, it's so dismal. And this guy brings hope, you know, finally to this city that's run, overrun by crime and all this stuff. And he, he's, he's, the, he's the hero because he's not the anti-hero like Batman was. He's the hero, right? He, he really is. And he saves, he saves this and he, you know, brings his, his, his girlfriend, he avenges his girlfriend. Right. Um, there's that one scene that near the end where you see her, Shelly, they, it's a flashback. She was walking down the street and she's backlit and she's very angelic. And that scene to me is like, it just, that, I don't know how to explain it, but only work in that film. It, 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 it just works in that scene in this time. And it looks like 1994. I know I keep saying that, but it just looks like that. It's just, it's just perfect. It was such a generational, like right at that time movie. That's a good example to be stuck in time, right? That's a good way to be stuck in time. Um, yeah. I mean, I love it, it but, but it's, but it's also timeless. You can kind of watch it like whenever, forever. It's not going to like be outdated really. Yeah. Um, you know, I think, I think cast is good. There's, there's parts that aren't great. No movie's perfect, but you know, overall I, I, I really enjoy it though. You know, um, Brandon Lee's good in it, I guess. And then, you know, you got to go to the, you know, we can't talk about that movie without talking about what happened, right? So for those that don't know, I mean, you, you, I'm sure you do, but Brandon Lee was killed in this film. He was killed during the filming. And this was, you know, everyone who paid attention the last year or two at that film Rust, of course, yeah. where that um, um, uh, the, the, the armor or whatever it was, was assistant direct, the director was killed by the, right? Was that what happened? Uh, she, it was Helena, um, Hutchinson. I hope I'm not uh, butchering her name. That could be totally the wrong name. I'm terrible with them. That sounds um, right. 
but I think that it, I'm at least close. Yeah. <laughs> um, but she she was killed. She was the um, like one of the producers, I think, or yeah. production people. And then the director was injured. And we have they really didn't update very much about how he is doing. Um, no, you got to look it up. This movie, uh, The Crow, set precedent for safety protocols surrounding guns on sets. Yeah. So I guess it was the scene where at the beginning of the film where it's it's the flashback and the dudes are breaking in. Right. And it's the scene where um, Fun Boy shoots Eric. I think that's the scene. Uh, I don't know the whole I don't know much about. Well, I mean, the bottom line is you need to stop using real weapons on set. I mean, that's the simplest. You, yeah. you have to stop doing it. I don't care. I understand how much passion goes into a film. I understand that, okay? And you want things to look real. You can make a pretty damn real-looking fake gun, okay? And there's things called sound effects, and we can do all those things. I'm, I'm sorry. And there's I, CGI. I, yep. I, now. I know, I'm, I, I know people don't agree with this. I'm sorry. But anyway, too late for it. But I guess what happened was the round had – and it's just it's just so stupid because it doesn't make sense. The round still had a piece of the, of the explosive in it, I guess, but it, so it was like it was basically half a round or something like that. Yes, yeah. And something uh, was still in the chain, and and the freaking uh, prop master wasn't on the set, and it was a backup like prop master. So it was just like all these things led to this. This never should have happened, right? Yeah. I think. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it was crazy because they had been using the gun for with real bullets. And there was it was I think it was um, like a a piece of the real bullet was still stuck in the barrel. So then the blank pushed that out. And they also didn't realize what happened right away. Because he got shot in the stomach. He didn't like die right away. Yeah, he was definitely was mortally wounded right is what they say right yeah 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 um and i believe he died uh, at the hospital later right yeah um super sad he was like 24 years old it's it's just crazy i mean you you look at what happened with his dad of course um i know and and it's like was would he have been a good at i don't know i mean that movie's pretty good he's 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 good right um but it's just there's there's no sample size. There's just no sample size to say if he would have been any good, right? It's it's kind of like to me, like in the sports world, when you look at like a case of like, for those that know about Len Bias, who played basketball at Maryland, who overdosed on cocaine before he got to play for the Celtics. Like we know he was right in college, but we have no idea if he would have been any good. And it's like those moments of it's just terrible because there's like a talent that we don't know that could have been lost. I mean. Forget the talent. I mean, the, the, the person's life was lost, obviously. Yeah, I but. mean, uh, the obvious things that go into this. Like, right. I, I realize that, you know, you, like, of course, the worst part is that the guy died. <laughs> but yeah. I hear what you're saying. And I think yeah. anyone that's ever listened to this podcast probably knows you're, like, a very good person. So it's not like you're saying that Maybe. I mean, that's, that's debatable, I think, at best. <laughs> probably. Come on, really? Nice is, is stretching it. Um, yeah, so that's just like a terrible thing. I mean, uh, that, that's what hangs over this movie, unfortunately. Um, and so it almost never got made, quite frankly. They they were yeah. going to shut it down. They were not they very did. far along, and they, they were like, we're done. I think Paramount had it, and they were like, we're done. And Miramax stepped in and said, we'll, we'll, we'll take it. 
and yeah. we'll we'll get his his stunt double and we'll use some effects and we'll make this movie. And they added yeah. like another 10 million bucks or something like that and they they did it. Yeah, yeah. actually they had a mask of his face um that they tried using but it freaked the cast out so bad they couldn't oh, I, use that, it. I, yeah, I know I couldn't do but that. But they had like done a mask to use for his body double. So they like had it. Yeah. So it was yes. like super like disturbing to everybody. And yeah. the guy um, whose name I apparently has fallen out of my brain, Michael Massey. Massey. Uh, I don't know who he is. Who he is who now? Uh, he's fun boy. Oh, he's fun boy. Okay. He's, he's one that, yeah, he's the actor that pulled the trigger on that shot. Unfortunately, yes. yeah, it sucks. Which of course was not <laughs> intentional. Also no. in movies, no. Um, you are supposed to not aim at the actor when you fire a firearm. Um, so usually they would have aimed differently, but the way that they were shooting it with the camera angle, it just like, it was certainly not his fault, but apparently he still like wakes up from like nightmares with it and everything. And he actually didn't do another movie until seven. His yeah. next movie was a minor role I mean, in seven. That's 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 real stuff. I mean, that's that's really hard. That's really really hard. And it's I don't know if you want to call it survivor's guilt. That's kind of going a little bit far. But I mean, it's it's one of those. Yeah, I mean, it's in your head, and it's it's definitely and I feel bad PTSD. For, um, I feel bad yeah, for that guy. he never he died in 2016, and he never watched the movie. Is that right? I did not mm-hmm. know that. Yikes! Oh man. Well, you know what. Um, and of course, the film is dedicated to him, obviously. Um, yes, but... and his fiance because she gave her blessing to continue yeah. the project. Yeah, she did. That's right. So, yeah, I you just you got to wonder what would have come of his career. It's it's too bad. Um, yeah, he because Bruce Lee was like thirty two when he died or something. He's super he young, was super young, and yeah. also the other thing is Brandon Lee had to lose forty pounds for this role. Because he was, was a bigger, he was well. Bruce Lee was a small dude. Brandon Lee was a much bigger dude than his dad, wasn't he? Yeah. But Bruce Lee had like quasi eating disorder. I mean, I don't want to diagnose him. The, what I have read is that he had eating disorders later in life, mm, and that was later in his life, which was not late in anyone's life because he was like okay. thirty two. Thirty two, yeah. But um, yeah, he had like a he had some really serious disordered eating issues, apparently. Um, wow. And so it was like such a weird thing to me to find out that he had to lose 40 pounds for that role. That must have been like a really like weird. That's a lot of weight to lose. That's a lot of weight to lose. That's a lot of running and drinking water and doing it. Yeah, that's a a lot. And no beer. I mean. He may not not have drank anyway, so who knows. That's true. That's true. That's not not a big deal. Um, Wow. That's that's interesting. So I, I, I. Man, I kicked myself for I, I made one of my one of my favorite trips I made was in 2019. I made a Oregon through Washington loop and I went to a bunch of places from TVs and movies that I had needed to go to. And I didn't even realize this until I was on my way back to Portland near the end of the trip. And I realized because I, well, I was so caught up in going to see where Kurt Cobain's house was in the park next to his house. I hadn't been yet. And that was what I was really wrapped up in. And I realized I forgot because I stopped in Renton where Jimi Hendrix is buried. And I oh. forgot to go to the cemetery in Seattle where Brandon and Bruce Lee are buried. And I realized, oh, God, I forgot to go. So next time, next time, I will go to visit them. So. I mean, it's a beautiful place to visit. So I haven't uh, been to the cemetery. I just meant 
Seattle? Pacific Northwest. <laughs> oh, well, Portland, Portland's, Portland's my spot. That's, that's one of my homes, but Seattle, you know, we don't, we don't, we don't like you because we're Portland people don't like Seattle and Seattle people don't like Portland. So it's, it's okay. It's a, it's a love hate thing anyway. Um, but moving on, but I like the fact that the one thing about that movie that's cool is that they set it in an actual city because it's not like it's some, you know, quote unquote Gotham city. And you don't really know where it is. They, they said it's Detroit. This is actually like in Detroit, which is really cool. So yeah, lots of stuff I, I I really enjoy. And I think, you know, I said it's not a horror film. Fair enough. It's not. It's an action, whatever. But it's dark, and it's got that theme, and I it's don't know if it's just... scary. You and... know what? I think any any horror film like my a fan like myself probably loves this movie just as much as I do. So I think I think we're okay. So I, I think so, too. I've, I've rambled for eternity, so I need you to tell me your thoughts on this film. Okay, so... Um, I really, really liked it. I hadn't seen it. Um, Ever? One. No, I wasn't. I, I wasn't allowed to see it. Oh my goodness gracious. Um, and yeah, I had always wanted to see it. Um, uh, but I yes. like, was like, I don't know. I guess I, Philippe is, my husband isn't like into movies like that are dark or scary in any sort of way so we it has to be when we're not hanging out together um and i mean this thing barely made an r rating so i get why my parents didn't let me see it they had to submit it five times to mpaa so many movies have to end up doing this it's crazy right i know (laughs) yeah that five edits like yeah. to get the R down from NC seventeen. So I asked my brother but this it's, weekend. It, it, it's not. It, it's not that violent though. It's not. It's really not. It's, it's stylized really not. violence. It's stylized violence. It's, it's guns going off and things you don't see in like a. Fa- it's, it's yeah. It's not. It's not. I've seen so many red R films that are so much worse than this. Yes. I think it's the themes. I think that's yeah, what was like getting them. And I also am kind of curious if the like low key incest situation might have Yeah, that could play a part. It's certainly, <laughs> certainly in there, yeah. But the things that we think of as being like what would make it an R-rated movie, like are not as bad as what we would see today. Um, no, there's definitely blood and there's definitely... You know what I bet gave it? Um, well, the knives. And well, I was going to say, one of the scenes that I love, of course, is that scene where after he kills one of the, I think after he kills, um, after he kills a uh, fun boy. No, not fun boy. God, why can't I remember these names, right? Dude that, um, um, T-Bird, T-Bird. God, it took me for, I'm so sorry. I've seen the movie a thousand times. I can't remember. T-Bird, where he kills him is when he light, takes the gas and his blood, I think, and he makes that crow symbol and he lights it with the lighter and it goes off. That was awesome, but I think the one that may have gotten him was when he kills Tintin and he makes the crow symbol with all the blood, probably. That probably was not well received by people at the time. <laughs> probably not. I mean, it's so <laughs> it's so different because we have such a I mean the and even the fact that they were able to use CGI in the way that they did in that time period was shocking as I was like watching it and reading about it in the moment. Um I was shocked that CGI was that level of advanced. And if you, if you had I'm, never, if, if you hadn't known he was dead, would you ever have known he died during that shooting of that film? No. Yeah. And no, never, you, they, they did a great job. Yeah, they really did. They really did. And I would have no idea. They, um, there are a couple other things here with that, but one of the big rumors about it, about the, the crow is that, Brandon Lee, the sh- the scene where he is murdered is in the movie, and that is not true. 
Yeah, that's I believe I think I've heard that. Yeah. Although I and also I murder is not the right word to use here. I was thinking of his character being murdered. Yeah, but no, no, we don't. Yeah, no, I know exactly what you meant. I know what you meant. Just for clarity. Um, yes. <laughs> but um, yeah, that scene where like they didn't use that scene. Uh, and and I, let me tell you something. If I had shot that, and even if it was the best scene I'd ever shot in my entire life, I would never have used it because someone actually died. That would, like, I'd probably go straight to hell or something for doing that. No, my God, no. I don't know how you could do anything other than. And like, I would burn. I, I, I would. I would press delete. <laughs> yeah. Get it out of my life. I don't ever want to see that again. Get rid of it. Gone. I don't yes. think I would have even watched it. Like, no, I, I no, think no, it no, would no. be I even, traumatic no. to experience yeah, in that the was moment. Shot on and film, the... of course. I, yeah, I would have burned the film. I would have just, I would yeah. lit it on fire. Goodbye. Yep. Yeah. No way. No way. Yeah. I don't God, want it anywhere near me. Terrifying. So, uh, wow. Yeah, that's heavy stuff. But I can't believe you'd never seen it before. Wow. That's fabulous. I know. Isn't oh, that crazy? Goodness. Yeah. I, so, I, this great. is like a good excuse for me to watch it. Um, and then when I pulled the trivia, I there were all these things that I had forgotten because this came out. I was pretty young when this came out. I'm, I mean, I don't mind dating myself. Um, I've dated myself before. It's okay. But I, I was young enough that there's no way my parents would have let me see this. Although they let me read Silence of the Lambs in fourth grade. And nice. I, I'm just. I am telling you. Great book. You, <laughs> Great book. That, Thomas Harris. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> these are not you know what you know what that makes sense because you know what i i can see the under the the justification it's a novel it's a book you're learning it's reading it's not some film people find film to be trash where they think of a, a book oh it's a book it's it, it's probably you know a great piece of fiction to read right i get that i can see my that. mom read it first I totally see that. too it's not yeah. like they didn't know Oh, you know what? I tell people all the time. So, you know what? I, I tell, okay, so Bram Stoker's Dracula came out in 1992, okay? And I think we talked about this when we did our review of it. This is this is a side uh, note here, but this is just funny. So, uh, yeah, I'll go ahead and date myself, right? So I was 12 years old when that movie came out, all right? So um, I could not go to rated R movie unless somebody brought me with me, right? So it was one of those old jokes, right, where I remember going to see it. My mom took me to see it. She wanted to see Dracula. Of course, I want to. And she was like, yeah, I want to see it. So it's one of those funny things. So when you like, when you see like kids, you know, kids want to make fun at that time. Like your, your mom did this, your dad, whatever, or something like that. But I was like, yeah, my mom's pretty cool. She took me to see Dracula. And they were all like, no, your mom is the best. <laughs> yeah, she is. Because I went to go see they all They were all like, I want to see Dracula. Oh, my God. How am I ever going to see it? I saw it. What? I saw it. <laughs> So parents are people. <laughs> They're just people. <laughs> yeah, they are. They're, they're just old when you're young. That's all. Yeah. And you yeah. just like assume that they know a whole bunch more than you. Yeah. And yeah. she yeah. wanted to see. She loved it. She thought it was great. Yep. We had a great time. It was awesome. That's hysterical. Definitely envious of the rest of my kids that were in, you know, sixth, seventh grade, whatever with me at the time. They were like, you got to see Dracula. I said, yes, I did. <laughs> anyway. Moving that on. is amazing. Your mom. Yeah, it was great. I know. Whenever was, I meet a, her, I'm giving her a high it, five. It, it was a good. It was a good moment. Um, <laughs> all right. So, you, so you were not allowed to watch The Crow, but now you got to see it as an adult, which is wonderful. I'm glad you got to see it. Thank you. Thank you for giving now, me. What, an what are your thoughts on the soundtrack? Do you, 
are, are you a fan as much as I am or? Oh, I loved it. And actually I was looking into the history of the soundtrack, which I know is, I am a weird person, but whatever. Know, That's why I, we're here. I, I, I routinely listen to the soundtrack. So <laughs> that song, the, the badge, the, that song, the badge by Pantera is such an awesome song. Oh my god, the, the whole soundtrack is so good, and well, it's you do have the the Annie Lennox whatever at the end, which I don't know. I, don't know. I like that song very much, but every song can't can't have not every song can be great. I that's don't the, remember that, that so I must have deleted it from my brain. That's the it can't rain all the time. It's lame. Oh, anyway, it's the last track. Yeah. Did she write that for? I think it's Annie Lennox. I could be very wrong, but I think it's her. I want to say it's written that, you know, I think I've overstepped my boundaries of knowledge at this point. I don't think I really am accurate with whatever I'm giving you. So, but so, it's my least favorite song on the soundtrack. How about that? <laughs> so author of the graphic novels name is insert. Well, it's James Obar. And for those that are watching this episode on YouTube, here it is. This is the Crow <laughs> special edition, the graphic novel. I've owned it for quite some time. I've read it once or twice. Um, I'll just you know, a few pages to read. It's, it's so it's different than the movie. Um, and actually, I believe there are a few different drafts and a few different. Um, I think he actually ended up making like a series with this, too, which I never read. I own this original hundred something page one, which is like the one. But then there are some other um, versions and whatnot. But anyway, it's different than the movie. Um, I, we ruin movies on this show, but I'm, I don't like to ruin books, so I'm not going to ruin that for you, but I suggest you go watch or watch it. I suggest you go read it. It's very cool. The, a lot of the look and the stuff from the film were taken from this. It's kind of accurate. Like the buildings and the stuff like that are cool and the cars. And so, um, I really enjoy it. It's very good. So apparently, uh, Alex Oh God, I'm the worst. Yeah, the, 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 the director. Yeah, yes. Alex, how do you say his last name? Um, I don't know if I know how Pro-yes. to pronounce it. I say Proyas, but I'm not okay. quite sure about that. So, Alex, if you're listening, we're very sorry. Come on the show sometime. <laughs> we are going with that because you know yeah. better than me, generally speaking. Um, so he originally wanted to shoot the entire movie in black and white, so it would be closer to the actual comic, almost like uh, or a Sin graphic City. novel kind of thing would have been right kind of thing exactly yeah, exactly yeah. and he only see, wanted that would have been use, cool yeah i actually think so too and i think it would have been well received now but back then i don't think it would have been um, easy solution easy solution download it rip it drop it in your editor put your desaturate black and white filter on it spit it back out and watch it yourself in black and white done there you go <laughs> there you go I just so they were problems. only they were only going to do the flashback scenes from that Draven has in color um, with that, or they were going to have that like super high contrast. Um, mm. But the studio, uh, they were like, not a chance. We are okay. not doing this. Um, and so they ended up like actually staging the whole thing to be monochromatic with just pops of red or and mm. dark gray. Very cool. Yeah. I mean, it's that's that's the thing about those movies like that and Batman. It's just it, everything is so dark and dingy, like, but at the same time, it's not black and white. It is in color. You just got to use the yeah, app and put your color in where you need it. That's that. Yeah, that's very cool. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? I thought that was Sorry. like <laughs> such a fascinating. The other thing I thought was crazy is that they use miniatures. And I did not notice that 
when for I like the cities, it. yeah, like the opening scene where they're showing burning Detroit, yeah, definitely the car yeah. chases, <laughs> yep. all yep. of that because they didn't have the works. space to do any car chases, yeah, and it works and it's kind of surreal, which makes it very cool, right? Yeah, and I guess <laughs> yeah. I was so distracted by the cinematography of it that I didn't notice. Mm -hmm. It's very cool. I like it a lot. Um, I was going to mention one thing about this setup and everything. Now, not be, not because I, it was in this movie or it'd be cool because it was a scene, whatever. But can I live in their apartment? How badass is that apartment, though? For real, that apartment with is that used... giant window that looks out of that apartment is badass. That apartment is used in. Um, oh my god, what is that TV? Oh, is show? it in something else? It is in a recent. No kidding. Um, so where did they shoot this then? On a set, a set somewhere then? It's like the pro uh, oh, I can actually answer that. That's part of my um, ah, trivia. Let's do um, it. So okay, so it's I think it's the Prodigal Son. It's like a Never TV show it. about a serial killer that like the the dad is a serial killer and the mm. son is the one that turned him in. Um, it's Never not it. great, but it's not terrible. What is um, it on? TV. <laughs> oh yeah, that one. I've heard of that. They make they make really good stuff. Yeah. Uh. Like real TV. Yeah. It's I've... probably on streaming services as well. Some of us I raise my hand, I still watch television. It's okay, guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean I can watch The Simpsons on Disney Plus, but I choose every day to watch it on TV for some reason. Because it reminds you of watching The Simpsons 20 years ago when you were a kid. Probably. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So um, they did a bunch of cost cutting on this set because um, – Yeah. I mean, obviously. So the crew um, said that they were trying to make a $30 million movie for $18 million, which in 1994 money That's is half a – half your budget. <laughs> That is ton of money, though. Like it's a lot of money. It's that's a, lot of a money. big budget. Um, so it was filmed yeah. in Wilmington, North Carolina. Yes, that's right. That's why I read that. Yes, because North Tax Carolina break. is a right to work state. So they mm. allowed the producers to get away with pay conditions, um, and like they ended up film like poor paying conditions, and then they ended up. Um, changing the production schedules because they wanted to film outdoors at night but then a hurricane came through and destroyed all of their sets what hurricane so they, was it oh I what was, God, what I was 94 know. 93 i'm 94. trying to remember which storm that was yeah because i mean obviously that that part of the country north carolina certainly yeah yeah it gets hit hard with hurricanes um Can, under yes. under represented in discussions um i think poor North Carolina and that, but, um, uh, beautiful place though. So they ended up, they did not switch. They had to move indoors, but they would not switch the schedule because it was such a production to change from filming nights to days. And mm. it would have required a 24 hour turnaround. So they just kept going with the night schedule. Um, and apparently it was so cold that the camera rails had to be de-iced. Wow. Um, during filming by riggers with blow torches hiding mm. out of shot, which is super on brand for wow. the entire vibe of the movie. Right? Right? How about that? That's pretty interesting. <laughs> I thought that was really interesting too. Um, 
And I thought you would think this was interesting because for some reason you always love when I bring this like weird, um, like who was in the line to play these, the actors or like the other actors that were being considered. So River Phoenix and Christian Slater both turned down Eric Draven. Wow. And James O'Barr wanted Johnny Depp to play him. Okay, I love Johnny Depp, um, but I don't know that I could see him as Eric Draven. I don't know about that. Maybe. Huh? Okay. I I feel like I might have been able to see it better before Pirates of the Caribbean because then I just kind of like go there with him, like into what mm. would have been as Eric Draven overacting. Um, yeah. But I actually think he could have done a really good job. Like if you – don't stand in the time period where we are currently in the time. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. It's one of those things where you, you, after it's been done and you saw the person play it, it, it's hard to think of somebody else doing it. It's just, it's just kind of hard to think about that. Right. Yeah. It's always super weird. And I can't wait to tell you about the, the lineup that was potentially cast for the next movie we're recording about, but no spoilers. No spoilers. <laughs> it's not what we do on this show. We don't spoil anything, but we don't spoil episodes. Anyway. Um, so, yeah. Okay, Johnny Depp. Interesting. All right. Isn't that fascinating? So here's the other weird thing about acting, even though this is probably not what you would line up in acting, but even though, you know, it's obviously called the crow, I don't know if you noticed this. None of the birds in the movie are crows. Uh, what kind of birds are they? They're ravens. They're ravens? Okay. Where, is there a reason for that then? Uh, because they're much larger. They need to look more like, yeah, imposed. Okay. That yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Not much Isn't that a, interesting? Not much of a, uh, what do you call a bird watcher? I'm fishing a, a bird watcher. I, a birder. I don't much, a birder. I'm not much of a birder. So... <laughs> I don't know much about that, but um, uh, okay, good to know though. Whenever I see like a crow or something or a bird, I think about that movie and I think about that scene. Um, and I, I like the beginning too when she mentions that it's that girl Sarah saying, you know, the crow is said to carry the soul of a person or whatever. And that's that kind of cool little voiceover. I like that too. Um, I feel like they, yeah. I think I read that they added that later. They should. Yeah, it's good. It works. The direct, it was. No, I'm. I might be wrong. Okay, I'm. I'm not gonna say it. I think I'm There's wrong. There's a chance you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm wrong. I've been wrong here before. I don't want to be wrong again. <laughs> We're never wrong on this show. We talking about? <laughs> uh, I believe the exact quote that came out of your mouth was, "If you think that any." Um, Halloween is better than John Carpenter's first version of Halloween. You would be wrong. <laughs> I I said that. <laughs> yes. Yeah that that sounds that sounds accurate and, and it is accurate. Yeah. Yes. If you think, if you, yeah. There's good ones, but if you think anything's better than that, you are you are you are. What did I say? You're you're incorrect. You are wrong. <laughs> yeah, you're wrong. You're wrong. Yes, you are. That's right. That, that it's is, true you're you were not wrong in saying that that is a true <laughs> statement i wasn't wrong in saying it nor was i now nor was the nor was it not a fact yes so, <laughs> it's, it's absolutely true okay you want absolutely the rest true. of my trivia roundup I, yes i do okay um so 
the line um, that he says, I see you've made your decision. Now let's see you enforce it. I thought this was like such a weird callback, but it's kind of fascinating. It's taken from a statement that President Andrew Jackson said regarding a no Supreme Court ruling. Mm-hmm. And um, the line was altered from that's John Marshall's decision. Now let's see him enforce it. That's a very random quote. Isn't that super weird? I I mean, you got to be the history buff or something to really come up with that. I don't know what to say about that. That's interesting. <laughs> All right. Cool. Okay. So production was so troubled, and I'm going to go into why yeah. in a second, uh, but the neighboring productions at the studio um, started taking bets on mishaps, and then fires destroyed their sets as well. That's terrible. I did not so know this. they stopped taking bets um yeah so several accidents that befell the production crew um leading up to widespread belief that the film was cursed um so a carpenter suffered serious burns on his upper body it does happen all the time um during the first day of filming a manual worker um i also read somewhere that this was a producer so take that with a grain of salt. I didn't, Mm -hmm. didn't dig deep enough. Um, how to, he's accidentally embedded a screwdriver in his hand an equipment truck burst into flames. (laughs) A stunt man broke several ribs when, after falling from a roof, a rigger was horribly electrocuted. A disgruntled sculptor, um, set sculptor went berserk and drove his car through the props room, destroying it. And the hurricane, of course, destroyed several sets. Um, And that's not including, you know, Brandon Lee and his. I hear these stories and these films about all the time about how they're cursed and all this stuff. And I mean, these things just I don't know. They're they're not things that happen like your office job. Right. Obviously, they're not. Um, And they're happening on sets. And clearly, they're I don't know. You know. The the poltergeist set and the exorcist set and all these movie sets where all these things happen and it makes you wonder if there's something to it. I don't know what to say. That that's that's it's spooky, I guess. I don't know. Right? It is you know, I get it, but also like the logistics and the the like the things that they're using. I mean, they're using yes. flamethrowers like yeah. to you're, de- you're, you're building I, you know- you're building your own electrical grid. You're building your own. Yes, those those things yes. are going to happen. Someone's going to get electrocuted. So, a stuntman breaking ribs. Come on, that it's not like that's a strange thing. It's a stuntman no. for God's sakes. Um, yeah, that you're right. That's the nature of that work. Those things do happen. They they do. But you, you always hear these stories, and it's always kind of funny. Well, it's not funny, yeah. but yeah. you know what I mean. Well, it's always it's not funny. Ha ha. It's funny no. like ironic. It's ironic. Yes, isn't it or something maybe, <laughs> or or it's just you know. Hmm, makes you wonder kind of thing. So, yeah, yeah, it just kind of makes you think. Um, yeah. Okay, here's my last fact. All right. Prior to filming, and I'm kind of curious if you knew this, Okay. Brandon Lee had a morbid fascination with death, and he drove around in a hearse he owned. He visited famous graves, and he like all he did all of that while listening to The Doors. Uh, okay, well, The Doors, first of all, is one of the greatest bands of all time. Okay? Yeah, I'm not really <laughs> sure why that got thrown in there. Because um, they're one of the greatest bands of all time. <laughs> all right? I'm not sure why that would be a morbid fascination with death, I guess, but... I don't know, but The Doors are amazing. And if you don't listen to them, you need to get on board. Um, that's my... So usually we, also, we used to always have a tie-in with music on this show, so there's your tie-in with that. The Doors are amazing. One of my top five favorite bands of all time. Um, 
So that's awesome. But that's, I don't really know what to say about that though. He just drove around thinking about death and then he died on a set. That's very, very strange. It's very strange. I almost strange. wonder if that's very made sad. up. <laughs> it's just like, okay. It's true. I, I did not see it with my own eyes. So oh, there's I don't a know. chance that Who knows, it is. But um, yeah, interesting. Yeah. And I, actually, because we want to bring it back to music, yes. you might appreciate this. Um, right. James Obar, mm-hmm. um, while he was writing The Crow graphic novel, he listened to The Cure the entire time. And that is okay. why The Cure is on the soundtrack. Awesome. So I, I I don't really particularly care for the cure much, really, but um, that song they have is wonderful. It might be one of my favorite songs on that soundtrack. I, I really like it. I mean, Nine Inch Nails is on there, which I love them, but um, very cool. Yeah, just FYI, I'm not ruining this, but yeah, the James O'Barr book. His wife um, died in a car accident, dr- a drunk driver, and that is why oh. he wrote this story. Like it's his way to work through whatever his his pain was. So um, it's just interesting tidbit there. But okay, so last piece here, the only thing left to discuss is thoughts on the remake because it's done. They finally shot it after being in development hell forever. They shot it. It's done. It's been sent to festivals and they're trying to find the distributor now. Uh, Bill Skarsgård, who was Pennywise, he is Eric Draven. Uh, I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know. Um, But... I will see this film. I will see it. And I, we have to go into it. Remakes for me, I have to go in. I've Like, I've never seen the original. I don't know anything about it, right? Texas Chainsaw Remake. I don't know what that original is. What's the Halloween rent? Well, Rob Zombie made that. That was a different story. It was so gung-ho. You just have to look at them as if you 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 know some of the story, but you don't know anything else. They're that, that's, isolated that's hard from to do. each other. Like, you, you have, have to, you have to, to separate, separate them. them. You have to. You have to. And then afterwards, you can sit there and be like, this is a piece of shit. Um, like Pet Cemetery remake. I mean, God, that was just. Wow. I never saw it. I don't. Well, don't worry about it, because wow. Yeah, I, I feel like if you can't go into it with that mindset, don't see it. <laughs> that, and that was, was the problem. I couldn't go into Pet Cemetery with that mindset. I knew it's one I of could. my favorites. It, it just, it was just, it was just so poorly done. It's just such a poorly made movie. It's just so bad. Anyway, um. I want to see it. I want to see this remake. And I'm curious. I would think within the next six months to a year, I would think, right? We got to get it, hopefully. Um, yeah, I want to see it. I hope it's good. I hope it's good. But it won't touch this. I mean, you know, this will be left alone. And, um, you know, again, it's a snapshot of time, but it's also like timeless, right? So yeah. um, if, you, if you haven't seen it, go watch it. Don't be like Sarah and wait for, you know, a million <laughs> years to go see it. Like two-thirds of my life <laughs> and where can you and where can you watch it on tv on tv, <laughs> on TV. <laughs> so, i watched it on an amazon prime and it was a dollar 64 i watched it for free on tv on on demand um <laughs> i you know what's crazy i don't own the dvd if you can believe that i never i realized i didn't own that but i don't so anyway oh interesting but, no i don't so great movie i loved it any last thoughts on the crow I thought it was really well done. I'm glad that I had an excuse to watch it. Good. You shouldn't need one, but now now you don't from now on. Every time you want to watch, you don't need one. Yes. Also, (laughs) I would watch it with the lights out because you can see the details much better than when you turn the lights on. Oh, yeah. Dark, scary movie. Heck, yeah. Yeah. Heck, yeah. Good movie for – you can watch it on Devil's Night, right? There you go. There's your your pre – We call it Mischief Night. There you go. Your pre – my favorite is Cabbage Night. 
Um, it, it's, it, it can be your new pre-Halloween film. You can watch The Crow on Devil's Night, and then you can watch, obviously, Halloween on Halloween. So you're good. You got everything you need now. I'm helping you guys with your lineup. So anyway, you guys know the deal. You love us, obviously, because you're listening, but you want to love us more. So please continue to support us on our all our social medias and like us on the Facebook and um, you know send us suggestions. Like if you want to see a movie, is it maybe a, a scary movie, but it's close like this? Maybe you want to see it. Okay, great. Let us know, please. Um, review, rate, all that good stuff. Sarah, you know where we tell people where to find you. Of course, we always we always want to keep the fans informed. Uh, you can find me over at Laughing with Gingers on your favorite podcasting app where I share lots of trivia. And Matt is coming on again soon. So, Oh, yes, I am. I don't know what we're talking about, but I can't wait. So <laughs> just give me a topic when I join and I'm ready to go. That's it. That's all I need. Um, but yeah, for now, um, The Crow, wonderful. And um, we will uh, we'll catch you guys next time. And um, don't forget, Blue Horseshoe loves Anacott Steel. The Scary Movie Project Podcast. Learn more at thescarymovieproject.com. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi... We've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.